Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly podcast, HJ Talks About Abuse. I'm Kathleen Hallisey, a senior associate in the abuse team, and I'm joined by my colleague, Hannah Hodgson, today. Regrettably, we are not joined by my other colleague, Daniel Vincent and Alan Collins, the partner who heads the team, but they will be joining us on another podcast very soon. We are going to be talking about things related to sexual assault, sexual abuse, and sexual harassment. So just giving you a little trigger warning about that. Those are not things that would be good for your mental health to hear about today. Then now is the time to switch off and perhaps go make yourself a nice cup of tea. Otherwise, if you feel able to join us today, then welcome. Thanks, Kathleen. Today we're going to be talking about something that's been in the headlines and news a lot this week. It's the story that Abercrombie and Fitch, the ex-CEOs, have been accused of exploiting men for sex. So a sexual misconduct investigation has been launched following allegations that the ex-CEO and his partner were exploiting men at sex events they hosted around the world. So these allegations have come from a BBC report that has done a lot of research into this and has revealed these allegations. And they have since spoken to victims who have come forward and have been telling of their stories and what has happened to them. And there's been a lot of similarities. So the sexual abuse occurred between 2009 and 2015. And it was when the former CEO, Mike Jeffries, was the CEO of Abercrombie and & Fitch and involved his partner Matthew Smith and now the allegations involve basically a recruitment of a sort of middleman I think he's also been referred to as a casting agent that's what the victims were told he was at the time who the BBC have identified as a man called James Jacobson and really what was going on was you know not only sexual abuse happening at events around the world in in different locations, different hotels. Also, I think in day-to-day running of the business, so I think in auditions, casting auditions, different things like that. I think the BBC have had 12 men come forward and they've interviewed 12 different men. And as I said, there's been a lot of similarities between their experiences. So an investigation has now been launched. So these allegations are now being looked into. Yeah, it's a really interesting investigation by by BBC. I mean, I think probably not unheard of in the sense that we know sadly that models, male and female, are exploited in the industry. But I, I suppose in some ways the nature of of the allegations and what's happened is particularly shocking. From my perspective, Abercrombie and Fitch, or I should say from my experience rather, Abercrombie and Fitch being an American company, one that became hugely popular in the States when I was a teenager and was very much known for very good looking models in their advertising campaigns and it being kind of a highly sexualized type of advertising campaign that they would often run. I don't know whether it was true or not, but the rumor was even to work in Abercrombie and Fitch stores back then, you know, you had to be 
good looking and, you know, have certain measurements, male and female, et cetera. So I suppose there was always that kind of sex or sexy element to their kind of advertising and campaigns. But I suppose now we're looking behind the curtain and seeing really that potential criminal offenses were involved in the business, which appears to be that they were enticing and coercing these young men into sexual acts when the men really had no choice, you know, were promised modeling contracts or jobs or connections. And there was, in fact, even a a middleman who would kind of get the young men to either perform sexual acts or for him to perform for sexual acts on them as a kind of auditioning it, it feels like in some ways, or kind of that's the way it's been described, and promising them that they would get to meet the CEO, well, now former CEO of, of Abercrombie & Fitch, Mike Jeffries. It seems very organized yeah, completely. And I mean, it's it's obviously a complete abuse of power scenario and blackmailing. And obviously, I think these men, a lot of them were quite young at the time. I mean, there's a case study that the BBC noted, David Bradbury, who was 23 at the time, I believe he was a model auditioning. And it was just a complete, you know, blackmail scenario. He was you know, basically told that he had to perform oral sex or have that performed on him, you know, in order to be successful in his career. He was almost told, you know, this is like the price you have to pay if you want to be successful, if you want to go far, if you want to meet the CEOs, then this is almost like the price he had, you know, he felt that he had to pay for it, which is completely disgusting. And I think, you know, he actually said in, in his interview, you know, looking back, he should have really seen it as a red flag. But he just thought that, you know, this is what you had to do. These were the attitudes they were like making people believe. And interestingly, what you've just said, Kathleen, like I do remember actually like, you know, they they really did have the sort of campaign. I mean, definitely I remember it sort of being said that even, you know, people that worked in the stores had to look a certain way. So there's clearly this like sexualized attitude you know, at the time, that's just completely wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's also a couple of things come to mind in terms of the kind of level of organization that there seems to be around this. This kind of so-called little man apparently was receiving money for referral fees and there were cash payments involved. And the young men were often made to sign NDAs or actually all of the men were made to sign NDAs, it appears from the BBC investigation, which you know, NDAs are, are a controversial tool in any event, um, stands for non-disclosure agreement for anybody who doesn't know. And they're particularly controversial when it comes to cases of sexual assault, harassment, or abuse, because usually the terms are of an NDA are that the victim survivor potentially will receive a payment of compensation, but in turn, they're not allowed to ever speak about what's happened to them. Or sometimes it can be that they're not allowed to say that they've received any compensation, or they're not allowed to say that the defendant has admitted liability in any way. And so it is really, frankly, I think used as a way of, of of silencing victims and shouldn't be allowed in these types of cases is my personal view. But certainly, even in this context, what the young men are saying is that they weren't allowed to keep copies of the agreement. So don't know exactly really what they signed. They don't have a copy and they certainly weren't given sufficient time to read it. And should also be mentioned that it does not appear that they were allowed to seek legal advice before signing the NDAs. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much that's come out of this investigation. And it's obviously important to note that, you know, the BBC have said that they've carried out extensive fact-checking of all the testimonies. They've really obtained 
loads of documents they've looked into emails flight tickets itineraries they've spoken to you know dozens of other sources including former staff household staff so I think really only more and more things are going to come out about this and it will be really interesting to see how this develops I know that in the U.S. I think this is what's prompted the the investigation to be launched. I think two former U.S. prosecutors actually, you know, looked at the research and called for it to be called for it to be launched. The you know further investigations because there's only more and more things coming out and more and more people coming forward. It seems. Yeah, I think these two former U.S. prosecutors apparently reviewed the evidence uncovered by the BBC investigation and believe that there's possible charges to be brought for sex trafficking. So it appears that a criminal investigation now will be taking place. It definitely reminds me of the Epstein cases in terms of this kind of trafficking, these girls being told, you know, they could be models and give massages and and all that kind of stuff and it being highly organized and there being, you know, a middleman in Ghislaine Maxwell. So it does definitely have echoes of, of that case, which was obviously huge news both in the U.S. and internationally. So I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Also reminds me of the Nexium cases involving sexual abuse in that cult. Again, sex trafficking, exploitation, coercion, et cetera. So they're all very, very similar. But it'd be interesting to see, as you say, what more comes out of this and, and whether more victims come forward, which I I would fully expect to happen. Yeah, I completely agree, Kathleen. You know, it's just really shocking to see these things that go on. I did actually have a look at some figures because obviously, you know, the only victims that have come forward at the moment are men. And it, you know, prompted me to think, you know, what are the figures around this, you know, in relation to men getting sexually abused in the workplace? And I actually found that 79% of men who have experienced sexual abuse in the workplace say they've kept the issues to themselves. This was according to a study by the BBC in 2017. I thought that was really interesting. And I think especially in this you know, relating to this case, as I mentioned on David Bradbury's case study, he kind of felt like at the time there were red flags, but he was reluctant to come forward. Mm. I mean, I hope more people do come forward. I also found that 55% of victims experience retaliation after speaking up or making a claim. So that could be a possible reason why they feel like they can't come forward. I think it kind of echoes generally the experience of victims and survivors of, of sexual assault and sexual abuse and sexual harassment in that there's a lot of shame and humiliation associated with those crimes. And also, depending on the culture where that's taken place, a feeling that you're not going to believe, be believed and or you might be retaliated against. So, you know, I think suppose just goes to show all the more work that needs to be done across all industries and in all workplaces around these types of issues and making victims and survivors feel that they're not to blame and that what's happened to them will be acknowledged if they come forward. Completely. And I think particularly in these types of industries, looking at like modelling industries and things like that, I think it's really important to just reinforce that, you know, just because I know some of the case studies were saying, well, they'd come in and they'd say, well, take your top off or undress and take photos like that. I, you know, you can see how it could be hard for victims maybe to second guess themselves mm. and think, oh, well, you know, I want to do modelling. Like, this is OK. And ignoring those red flags. No, if, if you feel like it's wrong mm. and that you are being taken advantage of, you know, don't go against that. Trust your gut and don't be afraid to to come forward. 
definitely. And even I would say, you know, if people don't feel ready or able to come forward to the police say, but they're just kind of questioning their experience and whether, you know, did that happen? Was that wrong? Speak to a friend, speak to a family member, contact a lawyer, contact people like us who can speak to you about it confidentially. You can contact Sexual Assault or Rape Crisis Center and just seek some kind of advice about something that's happened to you and see what they say. I certainly have had the experience a lot in my career and, and a lot recently, actually, particularly where women in particular, and men though, too, I should say, but I've had quite a few women recently who have experienced sexual assaults but weren't certain that they were sexual assaults because they grew up in a culture where they were made to think that they were to blame for anything that happened in terms of sexual assault involving a male. And so I think it's really important sometimes to just have that conversation with somebody that you trust or or if you don't feel like you could speak to a friend or a family member to, to contact a professional. It doesn't have to be the police, as I mentioned, if people don't feel ready or able to take that step. There's lots of other people that you can speak to confidentially about you know what's happened to you if you're kind of questioning what it was because something feels wrong about it, but you're not quite sure. Yeah, I completely agree, Kathleen. Hannah, thanks so much for bringing this to our attention today. I think it's a really important thing that we talk about. And again, I think we should all watch this space. I imagine there's going to be more revelations coming from this and more allegations. And let's see what happens with the uh, criminal investigation in the US. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, listeners. See you on our next podcast next week. Bye. Thanks, Hannah. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.